This is The E-Commerce Leader, a show just for you, the owner of a thriving online business. In this bite-sized episode, Jason and Kyle share a practical tip that every e-commerce leader should know. Let's jump in. All right, we got a hot topic today, my man. We do. We do indeed. How to avoid shiny object syndrome as an entrepreneur. And um, I think it's fair to say, you know, you and I do a lot of one-on-one coaching and consulting with folks. And we also have inner circle people we work with. And one of the most common issues we run into is people are just too scattered. Yeah. And they've got a great idea they're talking to us about. And they start talking about their whole other great idea. (laughs) And uh, frequently are, you know, part of the exercise that we have to go through is to say, wait, what now? Like, how did all these things come about and sort of work with people to figure out sort of to deconstruct their journey towards, you know, viable projects. And uh, so that's, you know, commonly referred to as being distracted by new, exciting things, this shiny object syndrome. Um, We see it all the time. I think we're probably both susceptible to it as a disease or whatever you want to call it, you know, a mental uh, hang up. Um, So we thought we'd talk about that today. Have you seen that play out in recent times in your own business or other people's businesses? Oh, I, I see it all the time. Uh, definitely in other people's businesses, but personally, I mean, let's just be real. Like I like marketing. I enjoy good marketing. Yeah. If you get me a good sales pitch, I'm going to be more likely not to try and want to hit that buy button. And you're a buyer. <laughs> I, I like, I'm, I'm a buyer. And so I have to be, Yeah. you have to put in the mental disciplines in place to understand like what's driving that. Yep. And really be thoughtful about how you're going to be able to implement anything. Um, yeah. So yeah, today we want to talk about how do we avoid shiny object syndrome in our businesses and in our own life. And yeah. there, there are definitely people who I think weigh towards one side of the spectrum. There are people who refuse to buy anything. Yeah. And they, and then there's people who want to buy everything. Yeah. And uh, they typically tend to be, in my mind, like there are people who just get at like an emotional high out of buying and there isn't like a, a release of endorphin yeah. that's proven and all that kind of stuff. or whatever it is. Yeah. Or, or whatever it is. I don't yeah. quote me all sciencey people. Yeah. Um, but then there's also people who just love to um, learn. Yeah. So I kind of fit into like the learner box. Like yeah. I love going after a topic and just learning new things and consuming it and implementing it and mastering it and just doing it. And so if I'm in that mode and there's something I'm locked onto and somebody is like, Oh God, check out this new thing. It's like topically related. I'm much more inclined to be like, Ooh, should I get that? Because I want to consume that knowledge. I want to implement it. And I want to like put it into place and, and, and gain enough mass, not even mastery around it, enough proficiency around it to implement it and get it working in, in our business. So that's my background with that's it. That's the reason like, why you justify that, shiny object syndrome. That, that is my justification. Yeah. Shiny object. So I have yeah. to put in place um, basically like disciplines and yeah. uh, feedback loop in essence. When I'm thinking, I was like, oh, I want to buy that. And then I need to step back and walk through the process yeah. before I even consider that, have conversations and stuff like that. So that's how I'm being better at non shiny object syndrome. I think the question is if, so being a learner is a great thing, of course. I mean, people should be voracious learners, right? So I think the question is, 
when does shiny object syndrome help you and when does it hurt you? And I think what I've learned over sort of watching people's journey and my own journey too, um, is that sometimes we come to very hard problems and we don't know how to solve them. Yeah. And in the anxiety related to that, we can look for an escape hatch and want to back away from the heat on that problem and find something that might be different in a, you know, entertaining way mentally rather than, you know, beating your head against the wall to solve the hard problem that you need to solve. One of the most common ways that we see people have this kind of challenge is when they have a product strategy that's marginal or failing or maybe non-existent, but they haven't pushed through to find a, you know, a single or a double or a triple in baseball terms mm-hmm. on the product strategy side. So the, the distraction in that context is just, let's just go find other product strategies and um, with the hope that maybe something will be easier than what they were already working on. And um, that's frequently, I think in my opinion, that's frequently what we see people, um, you know, distracted by, and it can be a real problem. And, I talked to somebody yesterday who had a really, really interesting opportunity. I mean, a big opportunity. Um, And yet halfway through the conversation started talking to me about a whole different opportunity that was in my opinion, just a much lesser opportunity. And that is is a perfect example. Like you've got something really, really exciting, really just huge potential. And yet, there's something that's a siren song calling you away towards, you know, different mental and emotional and time focus. Um, and so I think that's, you know, so that's part of the, the biggest question for me is when does it hurt you? When does it help you? Um, yeah. Because if it, if you actually have something working and you say, Oh, I'm going to learn everything there is to know about this. I'm going to stack my education. I'm going to get every possible training I can because this thing that I'm working on is working. Yeah. And it's not shiny object syndrome. Then then it's just mastery of a trade skill right? Uh, to enhance what's your, what working in terms of your product strategy or brand. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of how I, how I look at it these days. It's not just good or bad. It's like, when is it good? When is it bad? Exactly. I think it comes down to a couple of things for me as well with that. And that is one, is it just information or is it really insight into an issue? Yeah. Because and, and insight for me is, is a much more value than information because information about a topic is plentiful. There's tons of it. Now, whether that information is good or bad, that's you have to decide that and sort that out. But it's really insight that is of value to me. Yeah. So yeah. that's another thing in which I weigh um, information or product yeah. or whatever it is I'm buying. Is it is it actually insightful by someone who's a, a truly an operator mm-hmm. or is it somebody who uh, you know, sold a bunch of things on the Shopify store in 2013, created a course and they're like, this is how you do it. Yeah. Tries to systemize and sell um, a tactic. Yeah. Right. So that's for me, another thing to think I like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I well, so that gets kind of to the quality of what you're being distracted by, right? <laughs> There's the gradations of quality related to all of the online trainings. I mean, there's tons of stuff you can get for a, a free Kindle book that could be good or stuff you can get for a $2,000 course that can be bad. 
You know, I mean, right. there's there's just all these layers. So so that's a whole different issue. Um, the worst scenario is when there's a bad product or a product that's bad for you because it's just not right. appropriate. Yeah, and it's sold by people who are good salesmen or saleswomen. Yeah, and then you've got a really emotional engagement to this idea, attachment to it, and yet it's just of no practical trade skill value for you in terms of scaling up your product strategy or your brand strategy. Um, you know, I mean, th- I think that's when it can really hurt you a lot. Um, and I think a lot of this has to do with just your focus, your time and, and energy. Um, are you an, are you an easy target for marketers? You know, I mean, if right. you're scrolling in Facebook a lot, you're going to see a ton of ads for, you know, yeah. marketing uh, courses and programs if you're in the industry. Um, you know, if, when you do that, you're a target, you know, obviously people can retarget you on YouTube ads as well. Um, and so you see a lot of stuff that way. Um, I think the most interesting piece of shiny object syndrome is when you, when you do find something that you have a feeling it could work or is working, um, and then you, you stay the course with it and then you find the supplemental resources. I think Business is hard because a lot of people will discount what they have for the greener pasture somewhere else. Yeah. And there's always this idea that what this kernel of an idea is somehow in, inadequate or insufficient. And I think that, you know, if there's any lesson I've learned over the last 10 years in our funny little category, doll clothes patterns, um, it's that there is no niche that's too small and, you know, there's no idea that isn't, I mean, if you, there's certainly bad industries and good industries, but I mean, I think any idea, if you really s- stop and think about it long enough, you can start to find opportunity there. And I think many people candidly just don't go deep enough into their topic. I, one metaphor I used uh, this week when we were talking to somebody was, it's almost like Gold Rush Alaska, the the TV show where those guys have to bulldoze in the Klondike, they bulldoze all the topsoil off. And it could be two feet or it could be 20 feet until they get down to bedrock. And that's where the gold is. And I think a lot of people just take a first pass over the top of an idea, product idea, or, you know, a niche, and they don't see any results. Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, they just like, ah, forget it. Grass is greener somewhere else. I'll go find something else. And what they really needed to do was take a second a pass and a third pass. So they got down to a viable product strategy. Um, and then they would ha- actually start to have some real traction. But so many times people aren't willing to invest that much time and energy into an idea and they don't believe themselves or just don't believe their intuition that it's a, that there's something there, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, no, I totally agree. I think, and I think that sort of goes back to this idea where often these courses are tactically based. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I think entrepreneurs, business people, you know, e-commerce sellers, whatever, we get obsessed over the newest tactic. It's Instagram stories. Instagram or Facebook Messenger bot. Yeah. And those, oh, yeah. those Manny chat. Yeah, exactly. Manny <laughs> chat. And Manny Chat it, it's crushing it for a lot of people, right? Yeah. And it's doing a good job, but it's yeah. still a tactic. It still has to be layered upon valid <laughs> strategies and valid branding and yeah. valid product uh, approach. And really the idea of these principles that have to be instilled into your business that you have to decide upon. Yeah. Uh, to the point of like, 
I guess for me, uh, when we talk to students, right, and the, some of their goals for, for our coaching clients and for people that we talk to, they just want to make money, right? Like yeah. their goal is, like, I got to make money, money to survive. And, and I get that, you know, I mean, that's yeah, not, everyone's in that boat, right? Like you need to make a certain amount of income. But in business, your customer doesn't necessarily care at all whether or not you're making any money. Right. Sure. What they care about is how are you as a company, a product, a brand serving them yeah. and empowering them to accomplish their dreams and goals. So yeah. as a principal, yeah. we sort of get we get um, blindsided by, oh, I, I, if I can do this, I can generate more revenue, just yeah. instant quick cash. You know, I'll just kick it in there. And if I go buy this, get this little information, plug it in. It doesn't work that way because we're focused yeah. on our goal which is bring in some quick hitting cash or, or a ta one tactic that's going to solve all of my business yeah. problems, which yeah. isn't true. And instead, if we begin to pivot and be like, how do, who do am I serving? How do I serve them better? How do I help them accomplish their goals with, with my product and brand? Right. That's a much higher level principle that as we shift towards that and begin to build out our strategies to serve those principles, then the tactics that we slot in begin to crystallize into focus yeah. and which ones we should be focusing on and doing and not all of them or or getting rid of some that aren't going to be a yeah. good fit and we can move through that process i love that so the idea like just to mock the idea out a little bit it's like who yeah. cares if you know how to do many chat if you don't have a product and so exactly. right so then the the principles you're talking about are have a niche market that is a tribe that you honestly can serve for the long term yeah. Have a brand that speaks to who they are and really connects with them at an emotional yeah. level, deep meaning, a real reality in your branding concept. And then, of course, a product or product suite that actually is defensible for the long term. And yeah. the defensibility of your product as a first principle is literally like, and that's what that's the hardest thing to do in business. But if that you could do it then literally every tactic will help you and potentially and okay. but you'll have that as almost like your it's like the foundation upon which you can build out tactics so those you know three four principles a niche a, a brand you know a product a product suite th those elements are the bedrock that you just got to spend you know 95% of your time and, and energy on that stuff until yeah. you get locked down and forget everything else. It's a distraction. I agree. I yeah. think if you start obsessing about those things, yeah, you'll have so much more. You're going to have freedom in your business. Yeah. One of the things I think that distractions and all of the marketing messages and tactics that you're getting all the time and you go like, Ooh, 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 you open up your inbox and you're looking at all these emails and, and there's a, there's a, an, a, output of mental energy yeah. that you're using in making those decisions that you can free yourself from. You'd be like, no, I'm, I'm just not, I'm going to ignore them. In fact, one of the tips away you would avoid uh, shiny object syndrome. If you're finding yourself pulled into it, just start unsubscribing because yeah. guess what? The reality is all those marketers that you're afraid <laughs> you might miss their message. They'll get you back some other they'll way. You. Like you, <laughs> well, they're, they're going to retarget you or there's going to be something in the future yeah. that they launch that you're like, oh, that's cool. I want to get that and you'll get back on their list. Yeah. Don't mark my words. You'll be back on people's lists, even if you unsubscribe from them. That's um, a good way. I got another way. You got other that. ways? So, well, yeah. I was just going to say do that. But if you focus on, on these principles first, yeah, it's going to free up your mental energy to yeah. have the creativity and, and the bandwidth 
to really start to go deep in those things. And that's what we, like to your said, what you said was really important. And that is um, focus your energy. 90% of your energy should be on answering yeah. these fundamental questions and answering them in the way in which you have zero doubt. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and that's hard. Like, yeah. cause you want to like, well, is this true? Is this really the case? And you have to get really clear yeah. on the fact that I have zero doubt who my audience is, how I'm going to serve them and what they're, what I can do with my products to make that happen for them. Yeah. And when you get there, there's so much clarity yeah. and so much like, whew, okay, I know who I am. Yeah. And that empowers you to kind of take that next step into different strategies. I got another way to avoid shiny object syndrome, and that's to have a specific training budget and a training time yeah. allocation. So for example, you say to yourself, I'm only doing one training course or book, you know, to focus on this month. And I really want to go super deep into it. So I'm just going to choose one or just say, you know what, I'm only going to spend $2,000 this year total for the whole 12 months on uh, education. Yeah, that's great. And then that will force you to say, oh, never mind. I don't need to learn about that. You know, I'll yeah, just yeah. Google around on that topic. Right. And I'm not going to spend any money or waste any big time on anything other than just a co couple core essential, you know, uh, courses or programs, or maybe just one, who knows? Yeah. And maybe, maybe your budget would be $500 or maybe it's, you know, whatever. But um, I think budgeting your time and your money will really force you to scale up or level up the quality of the educational information you consume. Um, and in that way, help you get real clarity on how those, shiny objects are contributing to your core business. So, yeah, yeah. I love, that's a great tip because that yeah. also systemizes the process, forces you into yeah. constraints. And I mean, I have like a backlog of stuff that I'm like, okay, I really want to read that or, yeah. I, want to or that. I bought it and I never watched it or whatever. Or like, I, ha I have this content yep. somewhere and that's cool. But I also have, this is the area that I'm focused on Yeah, and I'm not going to not I'm learning nothing else until this is implemented mm -hmm. at a proficient level in my business. Yeah. Like there, there's a level of proficiency that has to take place with it that I have to be satisfied with. It's actually systemized and operational. Sure. And I've either decided I'm doing it. I'm hot. We're hiring someone to do it, or it's somebody that we're going to have yeah. as an intern or, or somebody as a staff person that's going to do this and, and implement it. Right. Yeah. But that's, that's the finish line for me. Yeah. On one end, when I'm when I'm looking at a new tactic or I'm looking at some yeah. piece of information, like how do is this going to get operationalized? Yeah. And yeah. until that's clear for me, I'm I'm yeah. in it. I'm like, okay, let's how did how does this work? How do we solve this? How do we implement this? And so, yeah, I think once you well, sort of create those kind of in essence, it's a mental KPI. Like, yeah, here's where where we're at. Here's where I want to go. Here are the steps we need to go to get there. And you're checking those off as you go. Nothing else matters. Yeah. Like, I'm not even, I mean, I would honestly create, a, 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 along with unsubscribing, one of the things you can do if you're like, I don't want to unsubscribe, create a brand new email address that you only use for all of the stuff you yeah. sign up for. <laughs> and just don't ever ch and check it like once a month. Right, right, right. Or, or don't yeah. check it until you're done with with, uh, yeah. with what you're doing. That's a good uh, tip. So that that you can implement as well. It's really easy. It keeps you like, I don't care about that email. There's nothing yeah. that I need to, to check on and okay. go with it. I got one more for you and then we'll wrap it up. All right. well, uh, another way you can avoid shiny object syndrome is just have a close knit circle of friends, internet friends or whatever. And when you see a super awesome course, just ask them, Hey, have you already done this training? And what's the key takeaway? Is it worth it? Right. 
And, you know, I've done that before. I've had people ask me about other trainings, which I will not name. And I'll say, yeah, this is their one thing that they teach, or this is the one thing that is helpful. And I'll just tell them what it is. Like, here's the, here's the technique or whatever. Because a lot of this stuff is, you know, maybe a lot of training hung on just one or two insights or one or two things that somebody figured out. And so there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, if you've learned it, if you spent 2000 bucks or whatever, uh, you know, 997 going through a course and somebody asks you, just tell them, hey, this is, you know, here's what they'll tell you. Right. And frequently that's enough for that other person. Like, okay, I get that. I can Google that. I'm done, you know? So, and that's not trying to be uncool to the marketers involved. It's just trying to help people out who candidly, we're all short on time and there is a finite amount of educational budget we all have. So I think just having a good, um, you know, group of mastermind friends is helpful. Dude, this is fantastic stuff. Love it. I would say we have to wrap it up, but um, I think we've listed what three or four solid ways. Five. Definitely. Yep. And sorry, I broke uh, the internet there. All right. Uh, I'm yeah. back. Ralph, come down, Ralph. Wreck it, Ralph. Uh, mm-hmm. No, you're you're not. Okay, now you're. Okay. All right. We're done. <laughs> We're good. One way to to avoid shiny objects: don't eat, break the internet. There's no internet. You can't be. There are no things for you to buy. You're done. Have bad internet. <laughs> bad, secret to success. Bad internet. <laughs> All right, man. All Later. Right, cool. All right. Take it See easy. You. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the e-commerce leader. Hey, don't forget to subscribe because when you do, you'll get notified. And next time you log into your podcast player, you'll see our latest episode nestling at the top of your lists. Thanks again for listening. Thanks for listening.